And the crowd came together again, so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of demons he casts out demons. And he called to them, called to him, and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they said to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside, asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To me, people utter can be forgiven. But if you blasphemes, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that sin will not have forgiveness. <clears throat> It is a serious charge, uh, Jesus uh, uttered. And since it is a very serious charge, we have to take it seriously too. We cannot just take it lightly and uh, casually. Whatever sins uh, can be forgiven, but when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, then that sin will never uh, be forgiven eternally. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I to <clears throat> really reflect on this. What uh, did Jesus mean uh, by uh, uttering blasphemies against God, against the Holy Spirit? Is it like a, a swearing at the Holy Spirit? Or say bad things about the Holy Spirit? What, what is uh, to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Just before, I, after he said that, uh, there's a little uh, note. Uh, this was what uh, Mark said. Mark said, For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The people said, Jesus had an unclean spirit, and Mark thinks that because they said that, Jesus told them that they blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. So I was reflecting on this. Was Jesus angry? Because the people accused him of being demon-possessed or gone out of his mind? Were they angry? Uh, was he angry? So uh, he blurted out uh, this uh, thing that 
your sin will never be forgiven. Or blaspheming against Holy Spirit is a kind of one kind of act uh, that you do. Uh, so because of that act, you will never be forgiven eternally. To both questions, my answer is no. I don't think Jesus was angry. I don't think it is just one kind of action or words that you say against the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we are going to uh, focus on today. Jesus cast out demons and he healed many people. He did all kinds of things that we normal human beings uh, would not be able to do. His teaching was amazing. Uh, he showed tremendous power of God. So people were quite amazed at this man, Jesus. What sort of man is this who does all these things? But at the same time, when you look at Jesus, Jesus not only did heal and exorcise demons and all that stuff, Jesus did a lot of things uh, that irritated people, frustrated people. Jesus did a lot of things that normal Jews would not do at that time, like breaking Sabbath or eating food without clean hands, or uh, associating with sinners and drinking and uh, eating with them. And then normal Jews uh, see Jesus, he's supposed to be the leader, but he doesn't look like the leader. On the one hand, yes, he was powerful. He did all kinds of wonderful things as a leader. Uh, he had charisma. But on the other hand, they could not really accept him as their leader because Jesus uh, was breaking all kinds of traditions. So they could not really pinpoint, yes, this is Jesus. They could not really pinpoint who Jesus was. They, they had a hard time figuring out who Jesus was. In other words, Jesus was too big to be contained in their well-defined small world. They could not really contain Jesus. They could not figure out who Jesus was. Jesus was like them, but also at the same time, Jesus was so different from them. People live in their well-defined small world. We do. We try to define our, small, uh, our own small world. In their well-defined small world, there is logic and formula that they use to make judgment, to assess, and to figure out. So they had this logic and a formula. Okay, this is a formula. If you do one, two, three, oh, then you're a good person. But otherwise, you're a bad person. Oh, if you do these things, oh, you're a religious person. 
Oh, if you do that, you're not a religious person. And then if you do this, then you have salvation. But if you don't do that, you don't have salvation. They had their own logic and formula to figure out who the good people are, who the bad people are. And then with their logic and formula, Jesus could not fit in their logic or formula. They could not really figure out who Jesus was. You know, in English word, uh, there is uh, understanding and there is uh, comprehending. The word comprehend comes from uh, the original uh, word prehendir. And prehendir uh, meaning uh, grasp. Uh, you put in your small hand and then you look at it. Ah, now I comprehend. Prehendir. With Jesus, they could not do that. They could not put Jesus in their own small hand and then just look around, turn it around and say, Ah, I know, this is Jesus. Jesus was too big to be grasped in their small hand. In that sense, comprehend and understand are two different things. In understanding God, if you try to understand God by grasping it, if you try to understand God uh, by putting God in your small hands and look around and say, oh, I know this is, this, God, this is God. If you have that attitude, you can never understand God, my friend. You'll never be able to fully understand God because God will never uh, be able to come into your small grasp, small hand. In the same way, if you try to understand other people with your own logic and a well-defined, already set mindset, if you try to understand anyone, you can never understand anyone but yourself. With very fixed thinking, narrow-minded, fixed thinking. You can never understand world. You can never understand other people. You can never understand uh, God, especially God. To understand God, it's, it's almost like not putting God in your uh, grasp or hands. You're reaching out and barely you try to touch God. You reach out as far as you stretch yourself as far as you can, your imagination, everything. Still, you can't quite get it. But at the fingertip, you feel the sensation of the presence of God. You barely understand a little bit of who God is. Never in your hand. Always. You can see it. You cannot see it. You can touch it. You cannot touch it. There, you start understanding who God is. That's why it's sometimes frustrating to some people. Some people are so control freak, so they have to everything. It has to be in their own hand. And ah, now I understand. But God, you can never do that. 
Michelangelo, uh, I think he expressed uh, that kind of uh, thing uh, very well in his picture. Uh, uh, when you look at it, that the two hands reaching out to each other and then quite does not meet. So try to understand uh, God in that way. I think that picture uh, tells us a lot about reaching out with open hand. The scribes did not try to understand Jesus. They tried to comprehend Jesus. They tried to put God in their own hands. They did not try to understand Jesus. They tried to fit Jesus in their small world. As we discussed last week, many times we try to fit God into our lives rather than we fit our life in God's, uh, in God. No matter how hard they tried, they could not understand Jesus. <laughs> you know, human beings are strange. When you cannot understand, they don't humbly acknowledge their ignorance. But rather, what did they do? They said, oh, he's demon-possessed. He has an unclean spirit. Very convenient way of things that you don't know. Very convenient things uh, to do when you cannot really understand. You demonize other people who are very, very different from you, who are not like you. Oh, they are demon-possessed. They are bad. Instead of trying to understand Jesus, they spat out Jesus, saying that he was demon-possessed. That attitude is attitude of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. You already have fixed thought, logic, formula, and idea. Okay, everything has to fit in there. If it doesn't fit there, then it is evil. Even God has to fit in there. If God doesn't fit in there, then I will accept it. Then you will remain in your own small world and you will remain in your sin. You can never enter into the bigger world of God, no matter how hard you try. So many people have this fixed thinking about themselves, about life. They think, I know it all. So they never open their hearts and minds to the new world that God is bringing to us. That's why we cannot hear God. We cannot enjoy 
the bigger world of God. That's why Jesus kept saying, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus was so frustrated because they did not have ears to hear. Can we say 100% that the life is exactly as I perceive and there's nothing beyond that? The life you're living is the best life? Can we say 100% that we don't need to change and living We just have to live the way I have lived all this time and that is the best way to live and that is the way to salvation. Are we 100% sure on that? Then, if that is not the case, what makes us not even consider changes? Is it our stubbornness? Is our pride? Or is our laziness? Then we don't change. We won't change. If you are not quite 100% sure, then we should change our attitude. Not the attitude of, I know it all. Not the attitude of, I know the best. When we were younger, we might have done that. But as you experience more mysteries of life, complexities of life, we can't say that anymore. We cannot say that anymore. As we get older, as we experience more about life, we need to learn the humility of accepting the world bigger than the world we know. They demonized Jesus. It was the most convenient way to do it. But I hope that we don't do that. I hope that we don't reject things that are very different from what I think. We need to open our hearts and minds to be able to receive what Jesus offers. Yesterday I had a Bible study in the evening. Uh, These are, uh, they are, most of them were in their 50s. Uh, uh, and then they were all saying, you know, I want to get older nicely. I don't want to be a cranky, nagging old people. I want to get old gracefully and beautifully, they were all saying. And then, They said, I want to be more accepting. I realized that there are all kinds of people, and I want to accept them as they are. What a wisdom. You will encounter all kinds of different things in your life. Don't fix your life with a small world that you have created you'll become a small person. Whoever is different, whatever is different, learn from it. When Jesus speaks something very different from your idea of good life, think about it again.
Maybe there's a truth. There is a mystery there. I hope that we can all be open to the guidance of the Spirit. Guide, the Spirit will not guide you exactly in the way you expect. Because you are not God. The Spirit is going to sometimes make you very uncomfortable. The Spirit maybe uh, sometimes challenge your thinking even. The Spirit will guide you into the bigger world. When you reject that, then that's a blaspheming against the Spirit. And you remain in your own small world instead of experiencing the wonderful world that the Spirit provides for you. All of you are beautiful people, beautiful talents. You're much, much more capable, much, much more talented than uh, me. And I envy you. But you have to be open to the guidance of the Spirit. And the Spirit will surprise you. You can be a much, much bigger person than who you are bigger, not in the sense of success, but in, ter- in terms of the quality of a person. And I think you can do that as you let go of your fixed thinking and let the Spirit guide you in your life. Day by day, why don't you practice that? Spirit, how do you want to guide me today? Our, our, uh, what is, what's the word I forgot? Our let go, release, our surrender, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I will surrender myself before, before I left like this, but spirit, I want to surrender myself and see how you guide me. How you lead me. I want to experience you. I want to experience God. I want to experience the beauty of life. So let us sing together. With that in mind, let us sing in spirit. It begins with, there must be more than this. How better word that is. Let us have a moment of silence. Let us pray that. How many times we have forgotten that we ourselves are the only stumbling block that limits our life. It's not our circumstances. It's not our parents, not children, not my circumstances that limit us but it is ourselves that limit ourselves. 
Let us pray that we may truly surrender ourselves so that Spirit may freely guide us, lead us, and empower us and show us the way.